we made a comment a few weeks ago about how Harley and his cronies of Joey and Frankie are sharks and how oftentimes Harley will smell blood in the water and will attack, uh, similar to what a shark does. In my family, uh, sharks are really special because our, our baby Oliver, who is in heaven, we relate him to sharks. It's just something that, that fit for us. Uh, we have a lot of shark things around our house and a lot of outfits that are shark themed. And so we thought it could be cool because during the month of May, uh, which is his birth month, we try to fundraise for a great organization that was super helpful for us and and dealing with our grief and, and helping us through it. And so thought it'd be cool to make some nice, cool shark design that Brett lovingly created for us. Any of the proceeds that we get from those uh, are going to go straight to the organization that helped us out called Emma's Footprints. They help with families that deal with infant pregnancy losses. So whether it's a few weeks into a miscarriage or up to about a year of child passing away, they are willing to help and support. If you are interested in learning more about that, uh, go to emmasfootprints.com. Can you just like have ready the the scum uh, quotes? <laughs> I, I think I we need it. can, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. In fact, I'll just uh, I'll bring up Eric's page and I'll have them ready to go. All right. Whatever you're ready. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome back, good-looking people. It is Dad's Meat World, your weekly podcast loaded with 90s goodness and two studly dads who don't need made over because we already got the girl. This week, I am dad number one. Brett's joined on the microphone by dad number two. It's Tyler. That's right. Welcome, Tyler. It's a comfy, cozy night here. We're not celebrating Christmas tonight. Yeah, but, isn't it uh, funky that it's the Christmas <laughs> episode kind of just out of left field? Yeah. Now, if you were watching this and when it originally aired, you were into December. That's fine. But here we are rewatching it in May. So it kind of comes out of left field for us. But well, it's just everything that happens right before this feels like it's just like and now it's christmas i'm like where is i mean I, we did halloween a few episodes ago but like it feels like it yeah it's been a while since halloween like normally in shows they'll mm-hmm. do halloween maybe thanksgiving christmas and then mm-hmm. spring i've mentioned before on dad's meat world that i have episodes i have uh how nah i have holiday themed episodes of shows that i'll watch every year uh, you know, I've got the Christmas episodes of Home Improvement. I've got Halloween episodes of show Home Improvement, uh, Halloween episodes of Boy Meets World, dun, dun, dun. And, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Uh, you know, I've got all these ha- holiday themed episodes. I always forget this one as a Christmas themed episode. I'm just going to say it. it's not a Christmas themed episode. You can have a tree like this is I'm just going to like this is the whole diehard thing, in my opinion. All right. <laughs> is there a Christmas tree? Yes. Is someone being there because of Christmas? Yes. Is the reason you're there because of Christmas? No. Uh, this episode, like Die Hard, is not a Christmas episode. Now, see, I will argue that this is an episode that takes place at Christmas time, but I will argue that Die Hard does indeed a Christmas movie. I guess but, we're going to have to fight about that and maybe watch it and review it at some point. <laughs> I, I like that idea. Tyler, how are you doing? Uh, shall we just uh, take a minute and, uh, and, and sh- uh, you know, talk some snappy patter? Or shall we dive right into the wonderful, wonderful world of Disney? I just have one thing to say to you, Brett. And that <laughs> is the Little League system that is baseball Little League is ridiculous. <laughs> we moved up from T-ball and it's so funny to me because when we first started this podcast, we were still somehow in T-ball season. T-ball <laughs> went late last year. And so we're starting baseball like we have had a few games so far and just everything is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That is all. That's all I think about right now. <laughs> what about you, Brett? What's 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 uh, uh, grinding your gears? Uh, well, let me ask first. Are um 
in your little league system, do you graduate from T-ball to coach pitch to uh, regular pitch, or are you going straight from T-ball to uh, player pitch? Oh, no, we have uh, coach pitch. Okay. Yeah, just curious. Does the coach ever bean the, the players? <laughs> just his son. It was actually kind of funny because he the kid was standing too close and he accidentally hit him. And I was standing by him. And I go, charge the mound. <laughs> charge him. Throw the bat. Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fun. Like they're the, the thing I like about this, unlike T-ball, is there are kids that want to learn. Mm-hmm. Like they're just at that age where you can go, hey. Do this instead of this. And they do that thing. You can go up to me and go, do you see what you just did? And they go, yeah, I did the thing you told me to do. Exactly. You did it perfectly. And they're like, <laughs> hey, this grown weird man is super excited for me. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember those days. Yeah, our but boys are, are not playing baseball this summer. But uh, uh, nothing really grinding my gears this week other than paying too much to fix my brakes because I couldn't get into one bolt on my own. But, uh, yeah, I know I just working on them in my driveway and I just couldn't get in to get the leverage for one bolt and couldn't get the brake line removed to get to car maintenance in general. Boo. Agreed. But, uh, congratulations are in order. I don't think we've recorded an episode since Kelly, uh, graduated and started her uh as we're recording kelly has finished her first day as a fully licensed social worker Woohoo! go mom number one for this episode <laughs> next week number two <laughs> so many modifiers for that praise. i know so no, I mean, we've had kelly on this podcast for so the viewers know of of her um but I'm so proud of her because I know this was a long time coming. It's something mm-hmm. I remember as a teenager, which is way more longer than I want to admit. Please leave me alone, <laughs> Brett. But I remember her kind of talking like, I'd love to go back to grad school. Like, I'd love to go to school. I love school. I'd love to go learn. That'd be great. You know, <laughs> I sometimes just think I should be a social worker. And I go, you should be a social worker, Kelly. Yeah, I didn't even know what that was, was at the time, but I thought, Kelly, <laughs> if that's what you think you should do, I think you should do. <laughs> and as of today, she officially is. So we got moved into her new office. She's fully licensed by the state, and I'm very proud of her. So yes, big old shout dive out to shout out Mama Kelly. That's right. She will probably never listen to this episode, but. It's, it's going to be a five-minute episode. Why wouldn't she? <laughs> well, let's dive right into our episode tonight, or this week. Uh, we record at night, and uh, we're going to dive into the 12th episode of Season 2, Turnaround, uh, when Corey mistakenly agrees to take a nerdy girl to the dance, he and Sean decide to give her a makeover in hopes that she'll become more popular. This episode was written by Michelle Palermo. Uh, I believe that's how she pronounces her name. There are three sources I pull from for information about credits for episodes, and two of them actually credit the director of Turnaround to Mickey Dolenz, who we have seen on screen. I'm going to go with Mickey Dolenz rather than our uh, regular Jeff, since two out of three say Mickey. Originally aired December 16th, 1994, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 7.7. Now, Tyler... Starting this week, I finally was able to get Nielsen ratings for episodes. So we're going to play a little game. Tyler, I want to uh, play Guess That Nielsen Rating. And uh, for the uh, good-looking people at home, Nielsen numbers used to... Well, they still do measure. uh, System's a little bit different now. But you used to have this little box on your TV that would tell the Nielsen people what you're watching, when you're watching, how long you're watching. And they were in millions of houses around the country. And that's how they would tell who was watching what, when. And that's a large part of how they would make decisions as to how long TV shows would last, how many people were watching them. So in millions, 
How many people do you think were watching this episode when it premiered? Tyler? I'm going to go... 16.99999. You're very close. 17.5. Holy cow. I was going to say 17. I go, I'm going to go with 16 and then put a bunch of nines on it. I'm not sure if they track beyond one number after the decimal, but you're very close. Probably 17 not. and a half million viewers. Hey, if we're playing prices right, I won. You did. You were closest without going over. Yes, 17 and a half million viewers tuned in to this marvelous, marvelous gem of an episode that we're about to dive in. This episode that takes place at Christmas. Can you tell I'm overselling? Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna open up in the hallway feeney is hanging up some turnaround dance signs you know george you'd think a man of your statue would be able to find some underling to help you with this brainless grunt work there you are mr turner you make me proud oh, how did i not see that coming ah turnaround dance huh Yes, the young ladies ask the young men. Ah, so the guys are sweating it out, huh? <laughs> Poor dopes, I'm glad those days are over. Yeah, Mr. Turner, who, by the way, has been dating Cat uh, for uh, at least a couple of episodes by this point, mm -hmm. is supposedly going to be waiting around for her to ask him to the high school turnaround dance. You said, <laughs> is, is is in my lucky day. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I just want to say that like normally at schools, there's like a committee and like a teacher who's like assigned to each committee and mm -hmm. that committee person is doing it or, and hear me out, teenagers normally hang those things too. <laughs> yeah. Why is the principal hanging up these signs? He's a very involved principal. Men half his age wouldn't have the energy to handle what he is handling. That's right. And he's not <laughs> even trying to impress a fellow teacher here. Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, uh <laughs> let's, okay. Just, I don't know how else we're going to do this, Brett, but I just want to say, we could skip this whole episode and just agree that they didn't <laughs> learn last week's episode. And to quote uh, Fred Sandwich, uh, Ben Sandwich, um, how can I be so smart and still be so stupid? Oh, yes. How many times I, I can need... we do this, Mac? <laughs> I, I need to I, I I need to skip forward to that one just to grab that clip at some point here because yeah. we're gonna get to that point. <laughs> I just like this is truly the first time we're literally repeating all uh, not the storyline but just the life lesson is literally the same about valuing the girls, valuing um, potential relationships, and seeing people for who they are and. It's just kind of absurd that these two think that they're pulling this great scheme and at no point are they willing to admit that they're being scum. You're scum! <laughs> yes, exactly. Good people. So, Brett, I guess let's get into oh, yeah. this episode. Yeah, um, I'm going to I'm going to say right off the bat here, too. I, I don't like the whole Turner subplot. It's just. Mr. Turner and Cat. Now, yes, Cat being, I, I am totally blanking on her last name now, so I'm going to refer to her as Cat because that's her first name. Yeah. But I, I am totally blanking on her last name. But Cat being a chaperone to the dance, yes, definitely uh, believable. But making Mr. Turner wait her out to ask or wait sweat while he waits for her to ask him to the dance <sighs> I it, yeah it's I, I don't buy into it it's just really really ridiculous but wouldn't it's he just, already be chaperoning it, it he would already be chaperoning it because he's the groovy new teacher he's already really connected with the students he'd already be there I and mean, he hangs out at chubby's 
So he and Kat would already be there anyway, chaperoning. So that's not really a date. So, uh, yeah, I, it, there's just even in the heightened reality of Boy Meets World, I just don't don't buy into it. So let's just pretend that that storyline, we're not going to revisit that storyline until the very end. Yeah. Well, I will say one of my favorite Feeney talking and then you realize who he's talking to. It's, it is, <laughs> that is amazing. That is great storytelling. Yes, that that reveal is a lot of fun, but we'll get there. Yeah. Now, I will tell the good looking people that turnaround can also be referred to as a Sadie Hawkins dance. Yes. um, Which is always my preferred way to uh, think of it. Uh, There's a classic Mm -hmm. song from my youth that uh, specifically has that uh, in the title. All right, before we get to copyrighted for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's about as much as I can play that before we get hit with a copyright strike. (laughs) No, we are talking about it, so it falls under fair use, but YouTube's really picky. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, I just want to say that in middle school, we did a Sadie Hawkins dance, and like I realized something very quickly, and that was... Girls don't want to ask guys to dance. <laughs> yeah. Now, girls today, just so you know, 30 years ago, very much, very much culturally expected for the guys to be the ones asking the girls to a dance. And, you know, the whole promposal thing wasn't as much of the thing. I, we might have seen them here and there, but they were very rare if they happened. Yeah, I don't remember that being a thing until after I graduated. Yeah, you really just asked someone to go to dance with you. I mean, we're not going back as far as sock hops, but yeah. But I mean, really, it was guys asking the girls out to the dance. This was actually a cultural flip of the script. Yep. So, thirty years later, you know, not so much. But I, I got a deep dive about it later on. I fully expected that. So we've got uh, Corey and Sean walking in. They notice that there is a Sadie Hawkins dance. Sean's got a lovely, uh, a lovely observation. Turnaround dance, huh? Girls, that's the guys. Merry Christmas to me. Okay, real quick though, Sean has consistently been asked out by girls. So Sean, <laughs> how is this um, any different? <laughs> right. So Sean should not be concerned or worried at all about potentially getting a date. And honestly, oh, for God. a regular dance, I could see that Sean is the one that gets asked by the girls and the way they portrayed him getting asked by so many girls out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Corey thinks this is great. The pressure's off. They don't have to wait. And then for some reason, Eric's right around the corner. For yep. some reason, his locker is right around the corner from the guys. I hey, he's being to... a horrible, big, and unsupportive big brother. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Curse of the Middle Child strikes again. He takes this moment to mess with Corey again because the turnaround dance will tell you where you stand in the in the strata of of high school and once again we return to this recurring plot line of Corey and his uh where he stands uh socially in the in the culture of high school Mm -hmm. and eric's advice to him is to remember positioning you see a cute girl you stand by her locker so eric demonstrates this by basically standing in a girl's path and kind of clinging on like a barnacle and he's going to get asked out by this girl i believe this is the girl that i don't know we never see the girl he goes to the dance with we never see her i'm gonna give him the credit the the benefit of the doubt and say that this worked for him right but again my problem will always be with this show is Corey wants to go he's trying to figure out what girl is gonna ask him out and he's hoping that it's this really cool, popular girl is going to ask him out, has a daydream of what's going to happen, but then it's ruined by reality of a nerd. You scum! You scum! You scum! 
I, I really do feel like Corey and Sean are really scummy this episode. Like, they do not hold up yeah. well at all. This is not a good look for them this episode. Um, Sean very quickly asked out with his head in the locker. Uh, let's give some credit to the actress who she, plays she's Becky. She's like the third Becky cool Schultz. school in our school. I know. I And I do say, I do have to say, uh, I'll give Becky's actress her her. Uh, her kudos and then i'll uh, go on with my thought she's played by jennifer banco first and only time we'll see her on boy meets world i i i liked her i i, I could yeah. uh would have loved to see her more she was adorable and had good chops yes she held her own against uh against hunter would have loved to see her come back at least once mm-hmm. more 22 acting credits on her resume uh, she was in Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood, mm. Alienation, Married with Children, The Pretender, Pacific Blue, and more. And your comment about the third coolest girl in school got me thinking, I want to see the boys' ranking chart. Because yeah. this is constantly fluctuating. I want to know if they're ranking it on a piece of paper or if this is just floating around in their head somewhere. Mm-hmm. Especially after a half a season of trying to figure out where they fall. Right. So Sean's got his date. Corey starts to freak out. The pressure being on him, and all of a sudden we f- we get a Topanga sighting. Well, I'm not going. My only hope. <laughs> I mean, why? It's a protest. The concept of a turnaround dance implies that all the other times only the boys can do the asking. That's destructive, gender biased thinking, and we have to get beyond that. Why? <laughs> Besides, that weekend my daddy's taking me to New York for Christmas shopping. I'll see you in class. Oh, man. Now I've got to find an above-average girl who's into destructive gender-biased thinking. I'm really curious if the writer of this episode was in the writer's room at all through the first season and a half, or if this was a stringer they brought in. (laughs) Well, and this goes back to my point. I think the Lawrence household is much more broken than what they want to admit. Yeah. And even to the point in which, you know, Jedediah is selling guitars to famous musicians and whatnot. And it just feels like, I mean, the Lawrence family is whatever the show needs them to be, but they really are. If he is willing to take Topanga to New York for fashion, like for buying Christmas stuff, they must have some money. Yes. I mean, he makes beautiful guitars. We'll find out next season. But uh, at the end of the next season. season, he's still next season. He's still in this kind of hippie type of uh, a space. You know, last season yep. he was the what was it? The unicorn um, unicorn something bookstore. Next season, he'll be uh, he'll be making guitars. And here in this one-off, uh, he's taken Topanga, who calls him Daddy, uh-huh. to uh, uh, to New York to do Christmas shopping. Yeah, but uh, I, I do I do like Topanga. You know, we've we've mentioned before she's growing into this very strong, independent uh, young woman. She views this as a toxic type of a of mindset that it's it's regressive and it's it's stuck in a, a very gender biased mindset where it's the only time girls can ask guys out i like sean's little why <laughs> that was fun yeah but uh all of that i i i I liked her little diatribe there. It's kind of that drive-by. Here's my my three lines of dialogue, and you know, I don't. I'm gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you also have to imagine that for these writers, I think they didn't know how much of the whole hippie stuff they want to stick with her. Yeah, they're still trying to figure her out. Yeah, and I think they don't know when they want her to be more of a regular around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. There, shall, I mean, shall we get to the part where they are scum? Oh, yes. Um, 
Here, let me, let me fast forward for us, Brett. They're in class and they're inspired by something. And Corey gets asked yes. out by a nerdy girl and they decide, let's, she's all that her. It's not out yet in this this timeline, but that's essentially Five what they do. Five more years before She's All That comes out. But yes, this is basically, I mean, She's All That was not the first movie to adapt Pygmalion, which is what Mr. Turner was uh, right. was using. But uh, yes, uh, Corey is asked out by uh, Al- or Ingrid. Uh, who <laughs> she's All That by- or they uh, simply not another teen movie to her. <laughs> I got this idea from the pig play. <laughs> um, yes, uh, Corey uh, inadvertently or accidentally, however you want to call it, asks out Ingrid, uh, who's played by Natanya Ross. First and only time we'll see her on Boy Meets World. 20 acting credits on her resume. She did appear in Step by Step. Step by Step. Day by day by day. I had to mix it up. <laughs> That's like season six step-by-step theme song. Viper, ER, The Babysitter's Club, Baywatch, The Secret World of Alex Mack, and a few others. Nice. Uh, Who, I should note, views herself lower on the totem pole than Corey because tells her friends, I can't believe an average guy said yes to me. (laughs) Well, and that's okay. This is a bothersome for me because... Like, uh, they only really show her once looking nerdy. Mm-hmm. But, like, she looks nerdy for the classic reasons of she's wearing glasses and she's wearing her hair funky and she's wearing clothes that's not very flattering. Like, it's literally a romantic comedy style of let's get the attention of the main character and let's turn, let's do her hair, take her glasses off, and give her better fitting clothes. And that's literally all they do. Yeah, it's very, very cheap visual language of let's let's throw glasses on someone and make them uh, make them look less attractive with glasses. Hey, and- with people with eight eyes on this podcast, we are offended. <laughs> Yeah. Now, to be fair, nineteen ninety, <laughs> early nineteen nineties glasses really with your wife included. <laughs> Just your wife alone, because her vision is terrible. <laughs> uh, to be fair, nineteen ninety four glasses were really not slim or cool or hip or any. Uh, they they were not cool in any way. That's, but that's fair. They were not flattering. That's so, fair. Yeah. So we're in the kitchen. Uh, we're, we're in the Matthews kitchen. Corey has said yes without realizing what he said yes to. And there's this scene where he's practicing how he's going to break it off with her. And let's listen in. You know how you think I said I go to the dance with you? Well, you're going to think this is pretty amazing. But see, that wasn't me. See, there's this guy who who looks like me and sounds like me, but he's not me. Now, I reported him to the police, but they keep arresting me. Oh, yeah, that'll work. Dad! No, it's not me. It's just a guy who looks like me. And the both of us are wondering what the two of you are up to. Okay, look. This girl, Ingrid, she invited me to the turnaround dance, and I don't want to go. I mean, I want to go, just not with her but you said yes to her yeah but my whole social standing for the rest of the year depends on which girl i'm there with oh that's different i understand go with the girl you said yes to you know there there are times when alan will will sit back and let Corey uh marinate and and let him think things through and there are times where he just needs to take that firm hand on the tiller and say you're an idiot you just yeah. need to go through and do what you agreed to because you're scum if you don't <laughs> yes yeah and this is one of them and i i clipped that specifically for alan's reaction oh Go with the girl you asked, or yeah. the girl you said yes to. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, in his own way, agrees because now, granted, not for an honorable reason, but because 
if Corey breaks it off, then the International Women's Network will get wind of this. This recurring joke is actually kind of humorous, at least with Sean's involvement. Yes. Okay. I think the Sean element is hilarious. Yes. The concept, however, of the Women's Network for to quote someone else I know sounds very misogynistic and uh, sexist. Now, is this a direct quote or are you just lifting? I'm just assuming what I should say. It probably is. Yeah, but no, I mean, when just the, I think it's just because of Ryder Strong's timing in this, like it's always perfect when he comes in and just the way yes. he is confident and relaxed about it's like, oh, yeah, I'm connected to the network. <laughs> I'm plugged in. <laughs> I mean, this is the only time we really hear about this running gag. It, it is something, but it's just mm-hmm. not great. And you just see throughout the show that because of Sean's relationships with girls he is very plugged into women and and how they function and how they think but eric makes a point that you know good news travels fast but bad news will travel even faster you dump this girl all the girls are going to hate you yeah again eric giving messing advice to Corey. yes and yet it's not bad advice completely because in the end, it lines up with, it, on, on the whole, it lines up with what Alan says, because it's still telling him, go with the girl that you said yes to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Sean's got this brainstorm in class to, she's all that, uh, Ingrid. They're going to use Pygmalion, the pig play. We get our pretty much our only real uh, Morgan quote because Sean is bringing in Becky to help. Yeah. One scene with Topanga, one scene with Morgan, you blink and they, you didn't even see them. Yeah. But uh, Corey and Sean are cutting all these pictures out of uh, magazines they found on Amy's nightstand and uh, they're Frankensteining this uh, this face that they want Morgan to take up to Becky. And, uh, you know, uh, this is scary. Well, boys like that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think they filmed this episode like almost like they shot some scenes at one point and some scenes at a different point? Like this feels like one of those kind of choppy episodes that studios every now and then we'll do like, hey, we're filming this scene from this episode this week. And the next week we're going to film this scene from this episode. Like just with how quick Morgan and and uh, Topanga's there for. I can't imagine the studio was OK with them coming in for one day filming that few seconds and then gone. I, I think the studio is fine with it because with child actors at that point it's not like they paid any more or less if they had one line or 12 lines so i guess so anyway but yeah cory and sean are being scum you're scum i'm scum and uh you know amy of course does the stereotypical this is the these magazines are trafficking some misogynistic uh, stereotype for beauty. Where'd you get those on your nightstand? Becky comes down to introduce the new and approved Ingrid, and we have the ridiculously low-hanging joke of Sean being dumb enough to think that Becky is Ingrid. Ingrid comes down. Corey's impressed. Sean's not and thinks they missed because they weren't just going for gorgeous. They want popular. Yeah, that's... I mean, Sean is not wrong in the way he is talking about this, but again, it's really weird and creepy and scummy. <laughs> it, yeah. It's... I don't know how else to describe it. You're scum! Like, this is one of those episodes where I'm like, you guys are the villains. Yeah, like there's, you're not there's the good no people in this story. <laughs> you're not you're not the heroes of your own story here. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like Sean's like we need to convince people she's like a foreigner or something like that. Maybe like she's from Sweden. She goes, "My family is from Sweden." <laughs> Wait, your family's yeah. from Sweden? Like Sweden, Sweden? And 
Tell me about the beaches there. Like, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> It's just the whole routine also of like introduce, reintroducing her to the school and everything like that. Like, you know, if they redo the show right now today, it would just be an Instagram post and, you know, that's all they needed to do. Yeah. They wouldn't have to go with this mega roll of, oh, she's from Sweden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And his, his whole, his and Becky's whole sales pitch was hilariously cringeworthy. Sweden, huh? Is it true what they say? Yeah, they sunbathe in the nude. Amazing. What about the schools? Nude. The malls? Nude. At the Gap, all they sell are hats. Yeah, but what's with the clothes? Well, it's really not for me to say, but underneath the clothes, nude. That's the first thing he said correct all day. <laughs> it's factually correct and still... Cringe, a hundred percent cringe. <laughs> yeah, scum, scum is how yeah. I would describe it. Oh, you're scum. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny though, because it doesn't take long before Corey is hovering and gets dumped. Yeah. Now I will say, Corey did tell Ingrid that. They should not trust Sean's plan because Sean's plans always blow up. Uh -huh. This is the one moment in the episode where where Corey uses his brain and should follow it. And Sean's plan works up to this point because Ingrid is becoming popular. Yep. Uh, I do want to give a little props here to Alex and credited as boy. Uh, the two guys that Sean and uh, Becky are selling Ingrid to. Uh, Alex is played by Will Estes. Uh, first of three times we'll see him at Boy Meets World. Two times he'll show up as Alex. One is Dylan. Uh, he has 58 acting credits on his resume. Highway to Heaven, Baywatch, Step by Step. Step by Step, Step by Step. <laughs> Sing it. Full House, Secret World of Alex Max, Seventh Heaven. He was in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh. <gasps> Who is he As in Dark Knight Officer, Rises? Officer Simon Jansen. I wonder if he was an officer. But you will know him most, uh, good-looking people nowadays, as Officer Jamie Reagan on Blue Bloods for Ooh. the 275 episodes and counting. Did, uh, did you ever hear the story of one of our former professors almost being in Dark Knight Rises? I think I did, yes. Which, uh, remind me of which one? Uh, you should probably censor this part, but... Hello! Yes, yes, I do remember hearing something about that. Mm -hmm. It was like he literally, like, could have done it, but, like, had a scheduling conflict. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just, like, in the stadium at Heinz Field. It was, like, a legit part in the, uh, uh, the brawl scene with all the police officers at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the part where they're like running like up, up on the streets up by uh, mm -hmm. Melon. Yeah. Nice. So he could have been in it, but oh well. Could have been in it. Could I have would have loved this Wise have gray beard, beard. Man. Oh, man. That would have been awesome. Yeah. And uh, we have Boy. He's only credit as Boy. Uh, Nicholas Banco is the second time we've seen him on Boy Meets World. Only four acting credits on his resume. Wind in the Wire, Baywatch, and... Hi, Sierra. Search and Rescue. He has not acted since 1995. You know, they're pretty good about randomly giving people names, especially if they talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this, uh, uh, no, there's, I know there's some sort of Screen Actors Guild rule as for for how you're supposed to credit people, but I, I don't know if what it comes to for if you have to give them a name or not. Yeah. Um, I did like this little interaction that we have between Mr. Feeney and Sean in the cafeteria about <laughs> yeah, Ingrid's about <laughs> Ingrid's newfound popularity. Girl in the white turtleneck, is that Ingrid Iverson? That's her. What on earth has she done to herself? Oh, she didn't do it. We did. Corey and me. Corey and I, Mr. Hunter. Oh yeah, sure. Now everybody wants to take credit. 
Oh, Sean, Sean, Sean. You're still scum. Yeah, just, you, it, it's that dyslexia. The grammar is difficult. I get it. It is. It's tough. So Corey gets dumped now by Ingrid. She's too popular. Uh, Rick, who didn't know she was alive a week ago, is now talking to her. And Corey doesn't want her to pass that up. Does he? Of course. Pass it up. You asked me. So Corey is getting the same type of, uh, of brush off that he was going to give Ingrid, but he has a parent who apparently has more integrity to pass on to his children than Ingrid does. So I guess we should give him at least a half a point there, uh, but he's still scum. Yeah. Sean is sorry. He just heard through the International Women's Network, but Allison Cheever... The girl he was hoping to ask him first asked Corey to take him or to take her to the turnaround dance. Now, Allison Cheever is played by Marnette Patterson. First time we'll ever see her on Boy Meets World. Last time we'll ever see her on Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. 66 acting credits on her resume. Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. <gasps> uh, not one of the better outings for the series. That's not Third bad. Rock from the... S- it's not bad, but it's not the great. It's not the best one. No. Third Rock from the Sun, Saved by the Bell, The New Class, That 70s Show, Nip Tuck, Supernatural, CSI, House, and others. Nice. So Corey's got himself a date, and we're heading to the Matthews living room. Alan and Amy are trimming the, tris- the Christmas tree. Eric is uh, waiting for his date. Alan and Amy are, you know. Waiting for your date? Or aren't you going to go pick up your date? No, no. It's the turnaround dance. I, uh, you know what? I clipped this whole interaction. I, yeah, I'm not going to do. I want to hear this Will, interaction. I'm not going to do Wilfred L. Justice here. So let me, uh, let, let me have him share with you. Go pick up your date now. Oh, no, 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 no. Tonight is turnaround. Tonight I sit down, relax, make myself pretty, while the girl comes to the door, asks if I'm ready, and suffers through the nightmare interrogation by the parents. I feel so cheap. Do you know I kind of like it? Hey, Cora, come on, your ride's leaving! I feel so cheap. But you know I kind of like it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... That's the thing is Will Friedle is always able to take whatever bit he's given and just work with it. Yeah. I do love Will. Yeah. He makes it. But uh, Corey so we, gets, uh, we forgot to mention the fact that Corey is actually going with a popular girl. I don't know if you said it or yes. not, but I want to make mm-hmm. sure that's clear. They get to the dance and bye, Corey. Yeah. She ditches him as soon as did because apparently everyone knew that she is dating a ninth grader, but her parents won't let her go to the dance with a ninth grader. So she gets someone else to take her and she only asked him to take her to the dance. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, when when Corey and, and Eric leave, uh, Amy and Alan uh, decide to have a romantic evening because Morgan is off of the babysitters. So, yeah. Of poor Alan and Amy in this episode. Uh, um, I feel for them. <laughs> but I will say, right after we cut away from the Matthews house, we do get the classic Feeny scalding people, and you're sitting there going, is he talking to a couple of teenagers? And then you find out, nope, he's talking to Mr. Turner, and Miss must be my lucky day. What if I just showed up, found a pretty woman, chatted her up, ignored the students, and had a wonderful time? Why don't you? I guess I could. <laughs> I, I will say that that's a great understanding of who we've understood Mr. Feeney to be. It's just the, mm-hmm. I show up, I do my job, I, I am the example of examples, and it's like... Why don't you try to go have fun? I was like, yes. I mean, I could. Mm-hmm. And and you know, he's reading them the riot act, and they're just sitting there talking, and he's just so focused on on the role of we have to we have to watch over these these children and and keep themselves but safe, but it's okay to relax a little bit too. Yeah, and you know what. 
I was watching, and I believe Miss Snyder, the woman who John and Kat uh, point him towards, I'm pretty sure that she was the woman that Mr. Feeney was at the poetry reading with. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Who knows how they had this whole show all set uh, up. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we get to Corey being at the table, and then a super wet Ingrid shows up. Yes, she does, because apparently it's only cool to talk about jumping in the pool, because John Adams High has a pool. Uh-huh. In the middle school, they had to go across town to like the Y, but the high school has a pool. Mm-hmm. And she jumped in, and her date didn't find her cool anymore. Yeah. Now, I have to say, they do have that somewhat right in my understanding, like most people who were the quote unquote cool and popular people, they were often the people that did not do things and or do much in the way of changing or actually doing the things they talked about doing. Yeah, they tend to talk a big game and not really follow through on much in my it, experience. Yeah. Yes. And uh, it's at this point that Corey, who throughout the whole episode. Yes, thank you, Eric. I know Eric, thank you. Yes. Has been complete and total total scum. Um does finally own up to what he and Sean have Uh been doing. Yeah. Now I gotta say, with the way in which he is talking to her, if you could argue that if it was Topanga instead, it could have worked. But this isn't Topanga. And I don't think Ingrid gives one iota about Corey and his feelings and any of that. Oh, no. She, and she admits it. She, she wanted to, you know, she, at the very beginning, she asked Corey out because she saw him as higher on the totem pole. Yeah. She always wanted to go to the dance with someone higher than her in the social ladder. And and it, it was a way for her to move up the ladder as well. Yeah. And that's why she was okay with them turning her into a cooler person. And that's why she was okay with dumping him when Mm -hmm. she got a better offer. So when they're making their amends and, you know, they're about to go have themselves a a good time where they finally made what seems to be a real connection if they're just themselves and they know who they are now. And uh, what's his face? Uh, Alex comes over and says, hey, you're the girl who jumped in the pool. You're really cool. Want to dance? And she's perfectly fine still with 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 leaving Corey in the lurch again. Yeah. Dumping him for the third time. Yeah. Well, he gets dumped for the third time for the same dance because all of this to her throughout the episode has just been about having the best opportunity for the date at at this dance. Yeah. So. And again, that's not like we don't recognize there aren't people like that, but not every single horrible person is a woman. Oh no. And Corey has definitely been horrible throughout the episode. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a net, it's, it's, it's equal. It's net zero. (laughs) Yeah. They are quite scummy this episode. There's no way around it. Oh, yes. Everyone's scum this episode. And, you know, Sean actually, uh, <laughs> nice little payoff there. Sean comes over. I'm sorry. He actually witnessed it this time. It wasn't the International Women's Network. <laughs> he was standing right there. <laughs> Eric, uh, Sean's, Sean's date's in the bathroom, by the way. He wasn't dumped. Eric appears. His date dumped him because, you know, her ex showed up and apparently yep. wasn't over. And the guys all decide to get a picture to remember the evening because they can Do lie you guys want to a picture? Drop dead! <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Drop dead! Oh, thank you. Oh, uh, they, they can... They, they want to get the picture together because they can lie to themselves and anyone else about where their dates were. They can say they were in the bathroom. <laughs> Except for Sean, because his actually was. <laughs> I feel like this picture should have come up again. I agree. It should have come up at some point. 
Yeah, just any time of, yeah, hey, remember that? Yeah, it's when we were lying, said that our dates were in the bathroom. Ah, the silly lies we used to tell ourselves. Anything like that could have worked. That would have been a great callback during Girl Meets World years, you know? would have. It's almost (laughs) like there's a mountain worth of cool callbacks they could have done, but yet they always chose the lazy one. We don't have time for this, Brett. We got to get back to the scums. Uh, yes, we do need to get back to you scum. I don't know if we fully made this clear though, but literally, the moment another boy come around, she's just bye. It's like not even a sorry, Corey. I gotta go. Like, just this girl is doesn't care at all. And again, uh, yeah, not everyone is like this. Especially, there are plenty of men like this as well. Oh, yes, totally. But uh, the we end the episode in the tag. Uh, Eric and Corey get home, find Alan and Amy asleep on the couch. Alan was apparently giving Amy a good shoulder rub and fell asleep. They both fell asleep. And it's really sweet. Eric sends Corey upstairs, and uh, he very sneakily wakes Alan up in the hopes that they can have, they can still have that nice romantic evening together. I, I give Eric tons of credit at that and that tag there. There I is love that tag emotional for maturity behind that. There really is. He could have really done a lot of dumb stuff there, but. Yeah. I give him credit. He did a really great thing for Alan and Amy there. He did. Now, I have to say, I used to joke and tease, there's no way they'd fall asleep on the couch like that. And I think you we should all otherwise. be thankful that they fell asleep as quickly as they did. Cause it, and also that Eric woke them up because both of them could have seriously just stayed there all night. I, yep. I I'm losing track <laughs> at this point how many nights I fall asleep stay, like sitting up I just I do it all the mm. time yeah so that good looking people is turnaround oh thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so Tyler let's hear some of your deep dives People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? I will say that this is the first episode with a dance. So I do find that interesting for our conversation ahead. You're not counting Band on the Run as a dance? I mean, (laughs) my whole thing is that that was more of them being musically inclined and the moment they couldn't do the music they left so is that a dance i don't know but let's get into what does it mean to be a turnaround dance or also referred to as a sadie hawkins dance oh 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 thank you basically the idea of sadie hawkins dance is that the girls ask the guys out as stated before in song and also the show as opposed to the men while in the 1950s this may have been a big deal nowadays girls asking a guy to dance it happens all the time it is no big deal there is no rule of to who you can and cannot ask to a dance additions like sadie hawkins dance are words i don't really like to use to describe what it just means to you know be straight where does the term sadie hawkins come from from? Oh, I was going to read directly. Believe it or not, the idea of Sadie Hawkins dance originally came from a comic strip, and yes, it's offensive, in an old comic strip called Lil Abner, which is set in a fictional town of Dogpatch. There was one day every November called Sadie Hawkins Day. It was named after the homely daughter of Dogpatch's earliest settlers, who failed to catch a husband. says, yes, really. So Sadie's dad gathered all the single men and dog patch and let the single woman chase them, marry whoever they caught. Essentially, it's just getting to the fact of there's kind of some sexist original desires when it came to Sadie Hawkins' dance. I just like it because of the song and the uh, catchiness of all of it. Pygmalia? It's a play uh, written by an Irish playwright, George Bernard Shaw, 
was named after the Greek mythological figure. It premiered at the Wolfberg Theater in Vienna in October 1913 and was first presented to Germans in German on stage to the public in 1917. His English language premiere took place at His Majesty's Theater at the West End in April of 1914. There's been a lot of different versions of the story or this play being an inspiration for some movies and TV shows. So in talking with that, Brett, did you know that you can go through on IMDb and search using specific types of movies to be able to categorize uh, the type of movie you want to watch? I am familiar with the idea. I've never really done it. So apparently there are 45 titles that are a Pygmalia type story. So the first one is Pretty Woman. The second, we've already spoke about, but she's all that. Weird Science, Can't Buy Me Love, Mannequin, Whatever Works, Driving Me Crazy, Shape of Things, Pygmalion, Never on Sunday, Born Yesterday, Mad Love, Idolmaker. So there's a lot of a lot a lot a lot of options for movies when it comes to that. It's a very popular theme. Yeah, that's all the deep dives I have for us today. I could have looked up about the whole camera situation, but all that would just depress me. We should probably get to those grades. Yes. Well, let's go with uh, first. Let's find out. What did we learn? You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? Well, I'll go first, and uh, I'll give you time to make something up. (laughs) My lesson from uh, Mr. Feeney or Mr. Turner is actually from Alan. Don't be afraid. This this lesson is for parents, and really uh, good-looking people if you're a teenager or a younger child, this lesson can speak to you as well. Don't be afraid to be brutally honest with your kids when they're being dumb. Yeah. Sometimes you have to slow walk them to a lesson. Sometimes you have to let them get there on their own. Sometimes you have to simply tell them yeah. what they need to do. Yeah. And don't be afraid to do that when they need it. Yeah. What about you, Tyler? Don't be scum. Don't be scum. I like it. <laughs> I I can't think of anything else. Just this episode, these guys are trash. And You're scum! they're not like the version of themselves that we really know well. They are absolute garbage this episode. Yeah. They, they. Uh, You're scum! There's no other way to put it. They are scum. Yep. So what would you grade turnaround, Tyler? I would give it a C minus only because there's just a lot of good little jokes in here. Parents falling asleep. Uh, Sean being connected to the girls network. His date actually being in the bathroom. Corey getting broken up with multiple times because he definitely deserves it. And most importantly, respect to the parents who fall asleep on the couch. I am grading this one a D. I figured you would. Yeah, there's just there's so much scum around, and the heavy lifting that Alan and Amy do, and the 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 jokes that that land. It's just there's only so much they can do for it. Uh, yep. There's just there's a lot of scum to wade through. There is. Yep. So good looking people. That's turnaround, but before we sign off, I've got a dad joke for you all. All right, hit us. Hopefully, this gives you a little laugh, and we don't send you out on a bummer. (laughs) So, Tyler, what do you get when you pick a pig's nose? Pig mucus. (laughs) No, you get hamburgers. Mm. Hamburgers. I know. I know it's not funny. <laughs> that's that's why it's so hilarious. <laughs> so that is That's going to be it for us this week, good looking people. 
As always, our mailbox is open at dasmeatworld at gmail.com. You yeah. can also send us messages and comments on our Facebook page, on our Instagram, and our Twitter profiles yeah. at Dad's Meat World. And our, our limited edition Shark uh, Harley, uh, Harley and the Gang shirts. Get those shirts quick, guys. They're going to run out. That's right. They are up through the month of May, and we are... This this episode drops about halfway through the month of May, so check yep. that out at dadsmeatworld.threadless.com. So until next time, good looking. I'll see you. Go back, good looking. You can find Dad's Meat World on Facebook, Twitter, and probably a few other places just by searching for Dad's Meat World. Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head for Studios. Tell your story. Well, shall we talk about an episode where we see how scummy uh, Corey and Sean can truly be? Oh, for the second week in a row. But there have been... Ow! Oh, kitty cat. I'm going to be honest with you real quick. I was struggling towards the end. I was like, we just got to get through this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so tired. I don't want to fall asleep on the couch.